Okay, what's going on guys and welcome to a brand new episode of Energize. It's an exclusive UC284 preview with the next gen lads. Ross, introduce the guest. Today we have two of Cage Warriors and next generation Liverpool's starlets. We have the Sewi Strangler, it is Mr. Nathan Fletcher. And we have the Cage Warriors King, Adam Cullen. Two absolute gents. Lads, how are we doing? All good, lads. How are you? Yeah, can't complain, can't complain. Uh, Adam, obviously... Doing very good today, thank you very much. Oh, brilliant, Nathan and Adam, both flying, both flying. Obviously, you guys... (laughs) (laughs) Shout out to Brad. Uh, Obviously, you guys are booked in for this Cade Warriors Manchester card. No opponents today. Adam, how frustrated are you with uh, all these lightweights? Normally, it's quite an active division, but no one's stepping up to the plate for you. Yeah, no one's um, no one's taking the bait, are they? I think they all know what was going to happen if they if they stepped in there with me. But I gave um, I gave Cage Warriors a good few names of people I wanted to um, wanted to get around with names that make sense so and get me towards the title. But uh, none of them wanted wanted the um, the fight. So what can you say? Just stand, same old um, story for me, isn't it? They're all just terrified. Yeah, I, I also think. Um... You've completed France now. I feel like you, you <laughs> need to now uh, complete uh, the UK. I feel like I feel like your next opponent should be a UK-based fighter. I think we already know the number one French fighter uh, at lightweight is Adam Cullen. I think we need a UK fighter next. Uh, how do you feel about that? Anyone, anyone in Europe, I'll just take over Europe. Do you know what I mean? It's coming, isn't it? Eventually, they're going to have to branch out and get me someone else. Because yeah, like like you say, I think. I think France are done with me. If I fight any more of them, I'll be banned from the country. I'll be on like a watch list. I'll get to the border <laughs> to go on holiday and they won't let me in. So I'll have to turn it in. Battering French cheese, won't I? And need to get with someone else, some other Europeans. But the other Europeans didn't seem to want it. So fair play to the French kids. At least they turn up. Dude, we'll have to stop calling them uh, the king. We'll start calling them Adam the Conqueror. Call them. Just uh, yeah. t- taking over country by country. We don't do it, but so maybe we do absolutes. <laughs> <laughs> there we have it. And, uh, Nathan, obviously you're in a similar boat. None of the bantamweights really really want that smoke. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. I uh, I was expecting to fight maybe Reese on this card, um, but he's already matched up with Dan Deweese, so that fight's not happening again, which is a shame. Um, and then the other two boys I've got me, me eye on is uh, Kalen and... And Martin Yoni, and I've not heard anything about either of those two, so looks like I'm in the same boat as Adam. It's going to be waiting for somebody getting brought in, a lamb brought to the slaughter. So, uh, Nate, Nate, which one would you prefer to fight? Because obviously, you've beaten both on and before, yeah. I mean, I'd probably rather fight Kalen right now because I've not fought him at pro yet. So, an amateur win doesn't really stand up as good as my pro win over Martin Yoni, who are finished as well. So, I'd like to, uh, out of those two, if I had an option, I'd rather fight Kalen. Um, which one do you think is actually the bigger fight as well? Um, it's hard to say because Martin Yoni with his win over Wooden, I feel like that put him pretty high up there in terms of European MMA. But uh, Kalen's got the mouth, and he so he's got a little <laughs> bit more of that the, the height the height behind him. And I feel like a fight with me and him would be very easy to market and sell. Uh, oh, yeah. That's and a then, definite face-off for us. Yeah, uh, yeah, we'd have, we'd have to come on here if that one ends up happening. But like I said. 
Yeah, I love it. We'll have to wait and see. We'll see what happens. But I'm just focused on myself at the minute, focused on my own path. Mm. And I don't think it really matters who me and Adam fight, to be honest. I think we can kind of get there, get to the title shot and get to the UFC off our own merit, off the back of our own names. So um, opponents don't really matter anyway. We'll just smash anyone. Yeah, well, we just hope you you get there soon because I, I know uh, Nathan, you in particular, had plenty of times you were booked on for a show and then you were moved and you were moved and you were moved. So uh, that must have been a very frustrating finish to your year at the end of your year last year. Yeah, It was, but then as soon as you get in there and get that win, you kind of forget about all that frustration and, and it leaves you. But uh, I feel like I'm very thankful for that time that I had. Those 15 months out of the cage was a, a time what I spent growing uh, physically, mentally. In terms of my skill set, I improved a lot. Yeah. So uh, looking back, obviously in the moment, it was a very frustrating time, time period. But now I'm grateful for the adversity that I faced over those 15 months. Yeah, I'm not going to um, lie, that, that Chris Williams boxing paid off, Basno, didn't it? It definitely did. But Ross, I'm going to put you on the spot right now. Who cut the better promo after the fight? Was it Nathan or was it Adam after the last fight? Nathan didn't have Precious any props, did he? I had the props. Yeah, you know what? I felt like... Adam's... I don't need the props. Come on, Adam. Adam. Adam was more uh, was more thought out, but I felt like I felt like Nathan was from the heart, you know. <laughs> that raw, that raw emotion, bro, with the adrenaline yeah. coming through. This is number one bullshit. Sitting <laughs> on the fence there, bro, as always. Yeah, you have to make sure to check the lads out at Cage Wars One Fifty Two in Manchester on uh, April Fifteenth. Reading it right from the diary, Ross. That's already booked in. Yeah, absolutely. Live, live on the UC Fight Pass, by the way, as well. It's going to be an absolute banger. And if you can get there in person, definitely do. Um, lads, I assume, uh, I'll ask this yourself, Adam, there'll be a massive next-gen army heading to Manchester. Uh, it doesn't really get much more local than unless you have it in Liverpool, of course, than uh, <laughs> going to Manchester. It's, it's not too much of an ask for the fans. No, it's a belter, and they're always good nights. I like the layout of the Manchester Arena. It's like a big, but it's still compact. Where like everyone's on top of the cage and it's always good. We always get a good show out from like we even get all the little kids from the gym coming with the mums and dads and that and, and obviously all the lads come down and it, they're just boss nights and the atmosphere is always electric in there. So we all like fighting on Manchester. It's always a bit of a, a bit of a scramble for everyone in our gym. Everyone trying to get on the money cards because it, it just goes off in there. Uh, absolutely and with that with you know having your friends and family there and you know more more people from liverpool uh attend the fights and southport as well and do you find that um that puts more pressure on and do you thrive in that pressure like do you really get that buzz off the crowd i feel like i get the buzz off the crowd yeah the the pressure of the crowd doesn't ever really affect me because i think no one puts more pressure on me than myself like i am my own biggest critic so Everyone else being there and not being there, it doesn't bother me. But I like walking out when everyone's kicking off and you know everyone's up for it. And you just, as you walk into the cage, thinking, I'm going to absolutely smash this kid's head. And it is better with, with the crowd there, do you know what I mean? With all your mates saying, clocking people that you know who've come down to watch you, it, it, it is good. No, absolutely. And what about, what about yourself, Nathan? Do you thrive off the crowd or is that something that makes you feel yeah. a little bit more nervous or which is a. No, I, th- I definitely say I thrive off the crowd as well, especially um, in Manchester. The last time I fought there was 2020, and it was just just before the pandemic. So I've not um, like at that time in my career, I was pretty much early on. I think I was three and um, and like my my followings kind of increased quite a bit since then. I got a lot more people coming down to watch and support me. I mean, saying that, then I had a good hundred people there, but this time I feel like 
I've, I've progressed on in my career and at the point I'm at now, I'm going to be able to bring a massive crowd with me to this Manchester show. Like, I've been at the last few as a spectator watching the boys, you know what I mean? And I've been in, in the mix with everyone, watching Adam get his, his first round knockouts and stuff there and, and the same with Luke and Gittins and there. So I've been a, a part of the atmosphere from the crowd's point of view. But I'm excited to have my moment now to be sat on top of the cage after getting a first round knockout myself and just taking all that in and like embracing yeah. all the people that have come there to support me. Yeah, I suppose it it, it is the only uh, time you've got to finish with the with the fists in Manchester. So uh, maybe that brings something out in uh, Nathan Fletcher. The rest of the time he's he's taking someone's back and choking them into the next day. But uh, that on that day in Manchester, go three and zero. You decided to use the fists, so maybe Manchester brings something out of you. Listen, Are you maybe. gonna bring a prop, lad? You gonna bring a prop this time? Oh, that's yours. Someone's throw you a backpack. Put the backpack on. Yeah. Yes, the Saudi Strangler. <laughs> not as cool. It's not as cool as the crown. That is it. Just walk around the cage with a backpack oh, on. That looking going to school. Yeah, I'll leave the props. I'll leave the props for you, bro. That's your thing. Uh, nice one. Like a match book or a YouTube <laughs> bag, like trolling. yeah. Maybe, 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 like take like uh, have some ready for a slice of pizza in the crowd and say, Mar- Martigoni, you're next with the slice of pizza yeah. or a bowl of pasta. Nice <laughs> Pay homage to uh, George Hardwick. He's the pizza man, isn't he? So, you have to pay a hell of a price to get a slice of pizza off him. You have to get in the cage with him. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know if the oh, pe- right. any pizza is worth that, lads. Well, I'll pass yeah. on that. <laughs> No, but lads, like we obviously are looking forward to seeing you back at Cage Wars 153 Manchester. But there was other massive news over the weekend as well. Conor McGregor is returning to the Ultimate Fighter. He's going to take on Michael Chandler at, in the welterweight division, it's been reported. Uh, lads, I'm going to ask all your opinions on this. But Ross, what do you make of this first? Because would you have rather Conor face uh, Tony Ferguson or Michael Chandler? To me, it was like 1A or 1B. Like I think they're both good fights. I think they're both good fights for Connor to return to. I think they're both good characters for him to be against in the ultimate fighter. So for me, like it didn't make too much of a difference. I think at the time I was sort of saying I'd prefer Tony Ferguson, but like that was more <laughs> that's just, not putting you on the spot. <laughs> yeah, but that, that was that was that was more just like if I you pick one, I just picked one. But like if someone if someone was ramming Chandler down my throat, I'd I'd take Chandler as well. It didn't really overly matter. I think uh they're both great characters and I think Connor doing the Ultimate Fighter is not only good for the Ultimate Fighter as almost like a rebrand to like get the eyes back on it, um, but I also think it, it's great for him that he's going to have to be around fighters and basically be in camp himself for a solid eight or nine weeks guaranteed while, while he's doing his coaching stint. So uh, I think it's great, and I think Michael Chandler will bring a lot to it, and I think Conor McGregor will bring a lot to it. It'd be interesting to see if... Uh, Michael Chandler, because he trained at Killcliffe, would bring like Ian Gary in or something for uh for a coaching slot in there or something like that to bring an Irish person against him. That would be uh interesting to see. But uh oh no, Nathan, I'll pass the book to you. What do you think about it? Yeah, I mean I'm I'm down with it. I I like the uh I like the setup. I'm a big fan of Michael Chandler myself, and obviously I'm a massive yeah. fan of McGregor. So it's two fighters that I've looked up to for a long time. Um I think the dynamic's gonna be interesting because obviously what McGregor are we going to see? Are we going to see the shit talker? Or is he going to be a bit more like the respectful Connor that was, you know, in the lead up to the first Poirier fight when he was kind of on the stage with Chandler then? Everyone was being dead pally and friendly and stuff like that. So I think it's going to be interesting to see what sort of dynamic they both bring. Um, I think if they do start talking shit to each other, Connor's going to absolutely have Chandler's number. Like, I just don't see that going well for Chandler. Uh, and then in terms of the fight, 
I think, again, I'm, I'm favouring Connor in that one because I think stylistically, the way Chandler fights, he comes out so aggressive and he's sort of all or nothing, isn't he? So I think he's going to leave himself open to uh, to one of those left hands and that's how I'd see the fight going anyway. But it's going to be entertaining. It's good to see Connor back whenever he's in the sport. Obviously, it brings more eyes to it. So it's just going to continue to grow MMA and then, yeah, I'm definitely I'm up for it and I, and I can't wait to watch. The only downside is my man, the King of Cage Warriors, isn't going to be on the show because I think all the uh, all the applications are done now. But it is a lightweight season, so I would have liked to have seen my man in there, to be honest. But uh, that would have been the icing on top of the cake. But we'll just uh, we'll have to wait a few more months before the big dogs in the UFC. Yeah, because the the Ultimate Fighter season thirty airs on the thirtieth of May. Uh, Adam, did, did like this is obviously your division. They're going to be competing in a lightweight. Did anything come across your way when this was going around? No, I don't know what I didn't know anything about it. I, I, someone messaged me like eighteen, but no, it wasn't even that long ago. About nine months ago, about the applications for that, and like I didn't think anything of it. And to be honest, the Ultimate Fighters died, and it really recently. It, it's not what it used to be. And I think, like, as the Usman, um, sorry, the uh, Joe Bibby Usman was on the series, I couldn't even tell you the coaches were So I was half thinking, ah, I'm not interested, but I've got to imagine me on telly hitting pads with Conor McGregor, but at least telly, <laughs> go, for the, go, for the, uh, go for the calf kick and spin on this and all that and drink on whiskey. It would have been a belter, wouldn't it? But, um, yeah, absolutely. With the crown on, with the crown on. With the cra- oh, yeah, with the, crown, with the crown on, draped in a French flag. Practicing wheel kicks with McGregor, it'd have been a, it would have been a smoker, wouldn't it? Oh, Here's the real question: How many minutes into the first episode before Conor McGregor refers to Michael Chandler's height? Oh, it's gonna be, it's gonna be, it's gonna be a Chad Mendes repeat, isn't it? Like, yeah, he, yeah, he was, yeah. when the, before, when the Chad Mendes build up when he was telling him he could rest his balls on his forehead and all that and go, <laughs> uh, it's gonna be all of that again, isn't it? And uh, yeah. Uh, I think fight wise as well. I don't really like the fight for Chandler because he is so aggressive, and like he is that Chad Mendes frame. And on the feet last time with Mendes, he absolutely McGregor absolutely had his number, didn't he? Just yeah. picking him apart. But Chandler's ego, there's not a chance he will shoot a takedown in that fight. And if he doesn't, I, I just can't see it going well. When McGregor um, gets going on the feet, he finds shins, doesn't he? And early bath for Chandler I reckon yeah hopefully so um, it'll be interesting to see would have been at 170 will that add anything in there will that make Chandler more durable who knows but uh, the great yeah, thing maybe. is we'll get to find out come fight night in August I'm going to assume at this stage of is that looking around uh, that time I think the season ends around then it's 8 weeks long so I think it could be September we could be looking at yeah so it'll be like late summer that, yeah. but, uh, but we are all very excited for it, especially over here in Ireland, especially with the announcement of Katie Taylor coming back to Dublin as well. It's uh, been an absolute crazy weekend for Irish MMA. Yeah, we'll uh, have Molly over for that as well. Yeah, let's any chance of Molly getting on that Katie Taylor card, lads? I don't know. I don't know. On a boxing yeah. card? Yeah, why not? It'd be in Crow Park. She'd love it. Oh, you mean like a com- What is it? Like a, You mean as a commentator or something? No, no. Uh, Katie Taylor is fighting Amanda Serrano know, in a boxing in, match. You mean? I don't know what he's Dublin, saying. Yeah. yeah, let's see if we can get Molly. You heard it here first. Maybe we see her on that card, Ross. No, yeah, she'll be not? on the piss over there. Right. She, Molly'll be on the on the on the Guinness over there. She won't both be fighting. She'll be with you lads in the crowd. Yeah, Guinness with glasses on. No, we'll yeah. be reffing it. We'll be yeah. reffing it, lads. 
wasn't, wasn't Jake Paul ref in the fight? Um, but like, no, look, we're looking forward to everything. The Irish MMA and Irish Combat Sports are kicking off as well. And so are the lads in Liverpool. But UFC 284 Perth is on this weekend. So for the people tuning in, and if you've enjoyed the last 15 minutes, uh, thank you very much. Very energized. But uh, we may as well kick it off with the main event. Ross. Absolutely. We have Islam Makachev defending his lightweight title against the featherweight champion who was looking for champ trap status in Alexander the Great Volkanovsky. Um, is one for the ages. Um, it's quite rare you get someone to, um, or a fight that you get the number one and two pound for pound champ going, going head to head. Adam, this, this is a division and a title that you'll look to hold in the future. What do you make of this matchup? It's a seriously good fight, isn't it? Like, yeah. it is the number one pound for pound versus the number two. It, it's a crazy fight, to be honest. I remember speaking about it last year, thinking, oh, well, Olivier and Volkanovski were going to end up having it. But obviously, with the way the last fight's gone, mm-hmm. uh, now, it's, now it's Islam and, um, and Volkanovski, and it's, uh, it's a huge fight. It's probably one of the, the maybe not like um, notoriety wise and pay per views and all that, but in terms of skill matchups, it's got to be the biggest fight the UFC has ever put on. But um, I've been saying to Nathan all week, like, Volkanovski is my favourite fighter, but I am terrified for him because that is one <laughs> is a big, big man. And you yeah. see what he did to, like, Drew Dober and Dan Hooker, who are all big lightweights. Man handles people, doesn't he? And, it, and it's just... I'm scared for Volkanovski. Not going to lie. <laughs> I, I feel like every time you watch... Islam Makachev, you feel like he's nearly always going to eventually get some sort of rear naked or head and arm choke that like he's going to force the other person to give up that position and then like he's just going to sink it in like he did against Charles Oliveira like you're talking about one of the greatest submission fighters in UFC history and like Islam actually just took him down and like made him look like a white belt on the mat it was nothing was it, he just absolutely breezed through him, especially when they hit the floor that second time and you could half see him in the air, but he never, in jiu-jitsu positions, he loves it, doesn't he? Yeah. But it looked like he gave up. As soon as the, uh, the Islam grabbed him, you could see in his face, he was thinking, shit. Like, and to, to have Olivier panicking when um, when you're in a jiu-jitsu scenario means you've got something terrifying about you. And skill-wise, obviously, Volkanovski is unbelievable. Mm. But Hello. And size just plays too much of a factor. Yeah, absolutely. Nathan, what's what's your take on it? Can you hear me? Yeah, we can hear you. Yeah. Right, okay. Me me phone's doing all madness. My take is it's a very interesting fight. Um, I think stylistically, Volkanovski is going to be the most difficult test for Islam. And I think that for a few reasons. I think, one, he can push a serious pace and... Obviously, Islam's looked pretty dominant in all of his wins, but we haven't seen him much going into the later rounds. I don't think he's ever fought a full five rounds. And uh, I think I think his most recent fight where he got into the fourth round was against Thiago Moises, which was what, about a year and a half, two years ago now. Uh, Volk's been living in those five-round fights for the last couple of years. Um, I think the height, I think Volkanovski being small actually plays an advantage because like he's been saying in all his interviews, his hips are going to be very close to the ground. So he's literally a couple of inches off standing back to his feet. 
if he does get taken down. And then I do feel like Volkanovski has a massive advantage in the striking department. So with all that being said, that makes a very intriguing matchup. Now, obviously, you can't take away from the fact that Islam is looking like one of the most dominant forces we've ever seen in MMA, obviously, apart from his teammate Khabib. But I do feel like a lot of people are kind of, I wouldn't say overhyping Islam, but a lot of people are making out like it's Khabib versus uh, Alexander Volkanovsky, and it's not. It's a, it's a different fight, and I feel like, uh, yeah, I feel like Volk maybe just has the tools to get the job done, and that's what I'm hoping for because, like Adam Volkanovsky is probably my favorite fighter to watch at the minute as well. So I'm Team Volk all the way on this one. Yeah, I feel like, like anyone who does fight MMA loves Volkanovsky because he can do it all so well, and he like like my favorite fighter is Max Holloway, and I was up, I was like rooting for Max in all the fights, and like. Volkanovski actually won me over in those fights. I was like, this yeah. guy is just too good. Like he can he can do it all. He he can really shut down your opponent's game. And also, his frame is so unique because he's only five foot six, but he actually has the reach advantage against that. Yeah, you know, that's Max what I was wondering. Fight. That's what I was wondering. So like like though he has those long arms yet that short frame. So it really, really works works out well for him. So despite being smaller, he doesn't actually give up the reach advantage. That's mad. <laughs> I didn't even know that. That's yeah, mad. so like next time you see Volk, you'll see like like his knuckles like drag off the ground as he's walking. Yeah. <laughs> Not when like... he's wearing high heels, man. Yeah, <laughs> but Baz, give 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 us a. Oh, I suppose actually you give us a quick take and then you give us a prediction first, Baz. Yeah, we'll do, lads. Look, obviously this is a huge fight. Um, like like looking at the rest of the card, this one is selling the pay per view. To be honest. Um, looking at the size difference, like is it's and obviously it's Islam's division as well. Uh, Volkanovski is moving up. Uh, I just believe that Islam just looks so much bigger. Um, I think he's going to look even bigger on fight night as well. And I just think he's just going to... I think he's just going to take Volkanovski for a ride. Now, Volkanovski will still remain the featherweight champion. And in the co-main event, Yair Rodriguez is fighting John Emmett for the interim featherweight title. So that is one to be watched as well. But overall, I see Islam Makachev uh, winning and be- turning and becoming the number one pound-for-pound pound, pound fighter in the UFC. Adam, what's your what's your prediction for the for the core main event or for the actual no, for the main event first? I reckon maybe round two, Islam like really could choke or something. I, I just I just think he's gonna just stick him to the mat, yeah, and, and overwhelm him. And it's not the result. I hope it's Volkanovski ten second KO, but yeah. I, it's, my brain's telling me that Islam. I think Islam's gonna gonna submit him. And what what about yourself, Nathan? I'm gonna flip the script. I'm going Volkanovski by either late TKO or decision. I think he could win enough rounds to nick it late. So I'm gonna go Volk. Yeah, the, you know they both have a loss in the record, but uh, Islam Makachev's loss was by knockout. Um, that being said, I feel like I actually feel like he's going to do the same thing that he did to Charles Oliveira to Volkanovski. I think he's going to get that head and arm choke. Um, he just seems to get it so effortlessly, and I think he might get it again. Um, the only thing is, it will be interesting to see if he can get him down in the first round. Hopefully, I, I don't want ten seconds like uh, Adam was saying. I, I want to see at least at least ten minutes of this fight yeah. before uh, it finishes. So. Uh, Maybe a late second round uh, finish for Islam. And the, and the thing that would be interesting as well is if Volkanovski wins, I, I'd say he'd stay at lightweight and 
trying to fight as many people he can in that division because he's basically cleared out the featherweight division as a as a stance. Mm. Uh, look, speaking of the co-main event, Yair Rodriguez mm-hmm. is taking on Josh Emmett for the interim title. Uh, I don't recall the UFC ever doing this, putting the interim title on when the the actual champion is fighting in the main event. But who are you expecting to win this fight, Ross Yair Rodriguez versus Josh Emmett? Yeah, it's a bit of a funny one. Like, Josh Emmett's, what, 37, which is, like, really old at featherweight. Uh, but, like, he's pro- probably the hardest hitter in the division. And then Yair Rodriguez, as we saw against the Korean Zombie, he's in the fight till 4 minutes, 59 seconds of the fifth round. Um, he throws really unorthodox shots. Um, if if I had to be honest, I think Yair is durable enough to withstand Emmett's early entourage, and I think he might be able to pick up... Uh, a late stoppage. But one thing I'd also be interested in on the lads' take is obviously later on the year, Max Holloway is fighting Arnold Allen. Do you think there's actually more precedence that that should be for an interim title fight than this one here? Uh, we'll start with yourself, Nathan. I think it's tough to with Holloway. I know he's done a lot and he probably is one of the goats at featherweight, but I don't think anyone really wants to see that fight with, uh, with Volkanovski again. We've already had it three times now and the last one was pretty decisive. Uh, in terms of, obviously, Volkanovski's performance. So I feel like that's probably the main reason why that isn't. Now, Arnold Allen, on the other hand, is coming through the ranks. And although that that uh, sort of stoppage on Cater the other week was a little bit... Um, I, I was out of his control, wasn't it? It wasn't a, a decisive mm. stoppage. But I feel like the way... And again, you can't say because it was a five-round fight, but the way that was going, uh, Allen was looking really good. And he has been in his last few, especially when he stopped Hooker uh, in London. So I'd be really excited to watch Arnold Allen compete for the belt over Yair and uh, and Josh Emmett. But that's a good fight also in its own right. And they both sort of made made their own claims for getting a title shot. So I'm not mad about it, but I would prefer to see Allen in that title fight, definitely. Yeah, definitely. And what about yourself, uh, Adam? Are the right two men in the title fight? And who do you think wins it? Yeah, for me, I'm the same as Nathan. I think as soon as you make that, um, Holloway um, on a Dallin fight it's automatically a bigger fight isn't it because mm, everyone yeah. knows if Volkanovski wasn't there Holloway would be the champion especially thinking back to last year when um, Yair and, and Holloway fought after the first round when Ho- Holloway sort of um, got his timing down he schooled him so he, people don't forget that do they that, like if if, um, if Yair goes to win the title well the interim title everyone's going to remember what Holloway did to him and um, and I think I, I'm happy that Josh Emmett got a title fight because he did win some big fights leading up to it. But um, it's just overshadowed by that announcement, isn't it? Really. Um, speaking of that fight, though, I think um, I think it could go to Josh Emmett personally. I think um, yeah, he is really good, but he's quite emotional, and I feel like whereas um, Josh Emmett's quite clinical and, and has a game plan and sticks to it, he's quite basic, isn't he? Really, with this. Boxing and then low kicks, and then when he when he's decided to wrestle, he wrestles hard, and I think that can give um someone like Yair problems because because he's so emotional. Like I remember it was it was Jeremy Stevens in Mexico where it was like ended with an accident lipo, and he's ended up screaming at Bispin, he's screaming at the crowd. He's just like a, a fights on pure aggression, doesn't he? Sometimes and makes the wrong decisions, and I think that was the same in the Max Holloway fight. He just end up. Um, losing um, composure a bit and just trying to take Holloway's head off which just sort of um, played into his hands and I think if, um, if Josh Emmett's prep, preparation for the fight's been good which he should be because he's had so long to prepare mm. um, I think he could do it five over five rounds and um, slowly break down yeah, yeah, with mixing his wrestling and his boxing and 
get the decision. There we I have. Think I, I think I agree. I think Josh Emma is going to win a dirty. Uh, Ross, anyone? <laughs> very dirty, obviously. Uh, Ross, any anyone else in this that the people should look out for this weekend at UFC two eighty four? Yeah, Jake uh, Della Maddalena is fighting Randy Brown. He's won his last three fights by uh, first round TKO. The fellow thinks he's Adam Cullum. So uh, <laughs> that's definitely someone uh, y- y- you should watch out for on the card. And then Jimmy Crude's back after a long layoff. So, uh, you know, they went heavy on the on the Aussies for this card. Um, so I-, I definitely keep my eye out on those two. They seem like the, the next up-and-comers on the Australian side of things, and then uh, Toys and Pedro as well has looked uh, really good as well. So yeah, they're taking on they're uh, taking on Cage Warriors alumni, Modesto Bukowski. Yeah, so uh, you know, Muddy's no easy easy task for anyone, and uh, he looked good in his last fight. So uh, all the best to Muddy, and uh, it's a tough one to come back to. So let's let's see how it goes down. That's what a show! It, it, for people tuning in now, we had to arrange it so many times because of the internet, doctors. <laughs> And just like just the life. normal stuff that yeah and life that that's what happens. But we are here. We try to bring you the best show as possible, and that's why the Sewi Strangler and the Cage Warriors King joined us today, lads. Make sure to check out the lads' Instagram pages and the build up to their fights to get tickets. And Ross, take us away, bud. Yeah, guys. Uh, Nathan, Adam, thanks a million for coming on. Um, you guys are absolute gents. We have a lot of respect for you guys. Two of the best talents Cage Warriors have to offer. Um, and we appreciate your time. Um, guys, if you are watching this, make sure to like it. It is an unbelievable. Uh, it means a lot to us, and it means a lot to the guys. Make sure to give the lads a follow on their social medias. And as always, stay, stay energized. energized. Energized shot. Up the Irish. Been sussing you guys a couple of times. I've seen a couple of clips. I think you've done some interviews with Dylan Moran and that. But I, I, I saw. So keep going. Keep up the good work, guys.